just crank it. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we would hear like more than the first 30 seconds of the song. Yeah, we're, we're constantly, we're going to have to start in like the middle next time yeah, or something. Like dump it, like track it. Yeah, let the beat drop eventually, right? Right? Hey man, it's all beat, dude. It's all beat. It's all meat and, and Kelly Reverb stuff. That's right, bud. <laughs> all right. Hey, welcome back to the exciting part two. Oh, I still have the same <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, here, totally did you want to do a wardrobe change real <laughs> Nobody quick? Nobody knows. Put, put, my jacket put your on. jacket on. And uh, <laughs> I, I noticed Nolan has the hat change. Yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, like, we all just did one thing. You did nothing different. I, I didn't. I, well, I rolled my sleeves differently. Yeah, oh, you did? totally okay. different. And oh, I, and then what's I adjusted. What, what did you just do? I, I don't know. He I just did that. Are you trying to get... I do, I'm, I'm pulling my dusty bird. I think it was dude, a dance I'm, move. Yeah. I think he was hitting us with the heartbeat. That's right. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the so uh, welcome back to This Pink Cloud, uh, okay, season two, and technically episode nine. Episode right? nine now. Wow, yeah. Episode nine. Congrats. We're on fast Thank forward you. right now. Yeah, right? <laughs> As she did really change her wardrobe. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, okay. So obviously we have Anika Cooper, which I always wanted to say. Uh, Annika. Oh, right. Annika. Annika. Yeah. Annika. Annika is the Annika. real pronunciation, yes. believe it oh, or not. Okay. But not, it was like originally Annika. And then ever since I was little, people call me Anika. So it's oh, okay. just. So Annika. then it's not my, it's not my fault for what he was. To the, he was it. the closest. Yes. I was the closest. Well, I win. There you go. I win the prize. Yeah. All right. So I guess, <laughs> Professor, you're going to recap us yeah. uh, where so, we were. And... So those that uh, were here for uh, part one, which was last week, um, super awesome show. Uh, thank you very much, Annika slash Anika, whichever slash, we're going yeah, with. Yeah, right. um, but yeah, great show. You know, we, we talked a little bit about... Um, uh, some of the things that you're into now, which we'll get into more today. Right. The uh, Recovery's Got Simply Talent. Grace, Recovery's Got Talent coming up. And we also just talked about your journey into recovery, mm-hmm. um, uh, struggling with um, starting with alcohol and marijuana, LSD, you know, all the stuff that the, the kind of high school playing around. And then it got serious with right. um, uh, sort of crack. And then really, uh, sort of primos, which uh, if you miss primos part, well, hold on, no, no, but it started off purple drink. Yeah, purple passion, purple and, drink, uh, no dos was purple, a little purple drink. Hey, no dos, purple yeah. passion yeah. and no dos made a guest appearance. They uh, did yes. purple passion. In all seriousness, if you did not catch part one, really uh, go back and watch it. It was a good one. But yeah. um, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yes, please. We're trying this to get the. Yeah, get the, the get them numbers uh, viewerships up. up. Yeah, um, but uh, but the rails came off, or we came off the rails with uh, meth. Um, yeah, with, was... with uh, uh, a couple a year or two of uh, of some pretty uh, bad times with meth, as they often are. All and, right, um, now got go sober back to your temper- <laughs> yeah, no got... go but go back to your miserable existence part. <laughs> <laughs> got sober. Uh, got sober. Where it brings the feeling. Timberlawn yeah. um, against your will. Yeah, got sober right. at Timberlawn against your will Not and. Are now sort of being introduced to recovery in Oxford houses and things like that, and the floor is yours. Take it from there. Wow! Yay! Um, thank you for having me back. It's been such a long week. Yes, it has. <laughs> a lot has happened. A lot has happened in the last week. We could guess what might happen. 
Trump said some stuff. People uh, got mad. It rained. Um, oh, and that Biden. Biden oh said gosh. some stuff. Oh, the other half of the country uh, got mad. Oh, well, actually, actually, you know what is happening in the future? What is happening? Everybody, the COVID mask mandate. Is, oh, yeah, is, that did get is, lifted. Yeah, but really gone, it's a yeah. disaster. That did get lifted. Don't get me started on that. Yeah, right. Half the people got mad about it. The oh, other half are happy. So yeah. Um, so basically, like it's all been for the last four years, half yeah. the country's mad and the other half's not. Yeah. There you go. And right. they hate each other and they're all bad for not thinking the same way the other half does think it's all love people. Right. let's all get along so <laughs> thank god we have a program right that we get to talk about this stuff that we sure. get to like yeah. not hold resentment not hate people like man it what helps. a beautiful i i love being in the program it really um, does help so going back you know kind of catching you guys uh or going forward from you know just getting an oxford house not wanting to do it in the first place but um I connected, right? I connected with the people who I told them I had an abortion. They were like, oh, my God, we did too. But they were trying to live a new way of life, right? Mm -hmm. And I connected with them. They were especially one woman who was our house manager, Stacy, who we remained friends for, you know, we're still friends today. We don't talk as much as we did. But I connected with her. Um, I connected with other people. They had a lot of dances back then. A mm -hmm. lot of a lot of people got together. I mean, I was at three meetings a day back then. Mm -hmm. um, I was doing different jobs here and there. Um, and but this was while living at the Oxford yeah. House? I lived in Oxford House for 18 months. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, the research shows, like tons of research shows, staying in some sort of recovery environment for a year uh -huh. increases the... Uh, Yep. Increases the chance of staying sober long term uh -huh. from um, ten percent to eighty percent. Right, um, so, which you are proof of that. Right, and that's right? why I felt like nobody's story is better. Like nobody, it was a perfect, perfect um, storm for me to open up mm -hmm. sober living. Sure, um, because of my story. Right, because it's proof that um, that if you do stay long term in some sort of recovery environment, that the chances of staying sober longer. And I think it's just to build that foundation, man. Yeah. I think it's, right. you know, learning how to go to meetings every day, learning how to whatever you're for me, it was 12 step and, and I'll stay true to that until it yeah. changed my entire being. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I, we are all firm believers in the 12 step recovery, uh, but you know, we're also, you know, Open pathway, so or a multi pathway. <laughs> I love the way he said open pathway. Yeah, Dusty. Exactly. Dusty is all about the um op the yeah. many pathways, M multiple and, pathways. And, yes. and you know, I mean, yes. God yeah. bless him. My, hey, but uh, another thing, and yeah. not 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 like it's a fun topic, but you were you were telling me uh, when we were speaking earlier this week um, that you had got to a point where you were suicidal, right? Yes. So suicidal in recovery yeah absolutely okay, okay awesome um, yeah i'd, I'd yeah, love to I talk will, on some yeah. of that stuff so i stayed in sober living for 18 months mm -hmm. bad relationships at one point was dating a guy who's living you know he hit he came into the meeting that we were all in he hit the guy upside the head with a baseball bat because you know i mean i was love addiction like codependent yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 but i never all i knew was the 12 steps right mm -hmm. i did the 12 steps i did the 12 steps i've done the 12 steps many times i had the same sponsor for 22 years well at 15 years um i was dating a um and i had been in a relationship with my son's father we had been together for a long time um but when i got out of that relationship um and i had been you know i, I was clean at the time so i was i did narcotics anonymous for a mm -hmm. very long time. Um, right. 
And I did you do NA and AA as well? Well, so when I first got sober, there was no, there was, yes, I, I, my sponsor had me work out of both books, right? So Uh I, I did work out of both books, but anyways, um, I, at 15 years, this is where, I mean, I had a lot of stuff in between there, but at 15 years I was dating a married man who treated me horribly. Um, it wasn't even a good, like a, a situation where I was getting paid, uh-huh. you know, a good mm-hmm. amount of money to like put up with BS and be right. with a married man. It was literally just lack of self worth, zero yeah. self uh, esteem. I mean, and this is after years in the program. This is mm-hmm. after speaking in front of people all the time, and, mm-hmm. and you know, um, and I believe that, and I need to say this: I believe that I'm still sober today. Not because I did it right, because I did everything wrong, mm-hmm. but because I was honest with people when I did do things wrong. Yeah. I held zero secrets. I do not hold secrets. Right. Um, and because I told on myself even when I didn't want to. Sure. That is why I'm still here today. The whole mm. honesty factor is That is why huge. I sit here yeah. today and I have not put a drug or any mood or mind doctrine chemical in my body. I did a lot of other stuff, right. but I did not do that. Um, so I say all that to say that um, during that process um, of dating this married man, I had before that I had found God. So I was going, I, I was doing all the things, trying to like stop doing this behavior, right? Mm-hmm. And at the time, I want to bring up an interesting fact. I was judging people for relapsing on drugs mm. and alcohol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I was judging the hell out of them. Like, why can't they yeah. just stop using? Right. I did. Yeah. Why can't you? Sure. So be careful of who you judge and, and the and the way that you uh, – or just be careful of who we judge, right? So I learned hard lessons in that because I realized that I could not stop dating this guy. I could not. Hmm. I could not stop talking to him. I could not stop crying over him. I could not – I mean, and I was talking to people. I was doing all the things that the tools had taught me to do, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing was changing. Hmm. Right. Um, and I remember going – and I was about to, because I didn't even get in touch on the story about my dad. We didn't talk. My family didn't talk for 10 years. And I was finally about to head to San Antonio to meet with them and to see them. And I remember the week before, I was like, I'm done talking to this guy. I'm not talking to him anymore. And that morning, I woke up. And immediately, it was just like the drugs and alcohol, y'all, when mm-hmm. I was trying yeah. to change the days, right? right. I'm only going to do it this time. I'm only, I would wake up and say, I am not texting him today. I I'm refuse. only going to be in an abusive relationship on Saturdays. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't even that. It was like, I'm not going to text him. I'm not going to pick up the phone. I'm not going to, sure. like, I'm not going to do this to myself anymore. And before you knew it, suddenly the thought was, Oh, but he's got your, remember those glasses that you have? You definitely need those glasses, right? And it opened up the door to obsession. Yeah. Just like that. And I don't, right. the reason I get so serious about this uh-huh. is because it's a very serious matter. Like it is uh-huh. no joke. People are killing themselves sober. They're blowing their brains out. They're like, they're doing some things sober because they think they should be at this certain level in recovery that they're not. Yes. And then they're like, well, I'm not doing it. I don't look like other people look. I'm not doing it as perfect as they're doing it. So I shouldn't do this anymore. That, right. That's so true. There's this notion, and no one ever says it, but it's just sort of something that I, I did to myself, too, where I think I'm always supposed to be on this trajectory in recovery. Right. I'm always supposed to be getting a little bit better, feeling a little bit better, being a little closer to God, feeling a little, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't match this idea I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm doing mm-hmm. something wrong. I've got to do more of this or more. Of the, and then I start to become 
crazy and self-critical and yeah it's it's a weird it's a weird deal well yeah i mean you and relapse relapse absolutely happens a lot in that time that's what happened to me sure um or fading away from the program and then eventually well and Mm -hmm. and and like you said like once you once you remove the drugs and alcohol you think oh well that's that's it that's the problem and it's really not it's like it's like the past trauma you know they say there's no there wouldn't really be an addiction without past trauma one of the most powerful things i ever heard in recovery and thankfully i heard it early on was it's it the the (laughs) alcohol wasn't the problem or drugs wasn't the problem that was the solution solution to the problem that was the solution i came up with would be dead if it wasn't for drugs absolutely sure you so, know, because they couldn't, they, they would have killed themselves. Yeah, you know? but super, yeah, it, it's a it's an important thing because you're absolutely right. There's people that, um, you know, relapse, fade away from the program, terrible relationships, or suicide. Even, this is the even, they're in the program hardcore, going to meetings every day, talking to somebody, doing all the things, and everybody thinks that they're like this, but they're holding a secret. Yeah. They're oh, not yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, the real yeah. stuff. So it's not just the people that fade away. It's yeah. the ones that are right in your face speaking on the podiums, doing all the things, but they've got that one thing that they're doing that they're not telling anyone about. Sure. It. Yeah. They're, and they will use internalizing. Yeah. How yeah. long how long can you survive with that? Yeah. You, you can't. Know? It doesn't it doesn't No one knows the answer. It, yeah. Months, weeks, years, yeah. who knows? It sure. Playing with fire. Level of, yeah. yeah, exactly. And so I think that was my greatest gift was being able to be honest. Um and so that day that I was, um, I could not not pick up the phone. Um, I text the guy, and I just remember this feeling of just absolute desperation, and like I can't do that. And I've had many moments before this one. That's how I. That's where my belief has come from. Um, and I, I am very strong about my belief because of these moments, right? So I remember getting on my knees that morning and begging God. I said, "Listen, if you don't take this away from me." And I don't stop reaching out to this man and dealing with this. I just want to die. Just let me, like, just let me die Mm. or give me something, do Mm -hmm. something in my life, right? Because it was just, I could not stop. With everything in me, y'all, I wanted to stop. And I couldn't. Um, And the week after, I woke up one morning and I mean, I made it to my dad's. I did all that. And um, of course, obviously, I'm still here. I didn't die. Um, But I woke up and I called my best friend. I was like, dude, I think I'm supposed to do something with women and sober living or something. I don't know. Like, I don't know what to do. And the minute I started putting that out there, it was just supposed to be this little house that I, I didn't know where I was going to open the house, what I was going to do, any of that. I just knew that maybe I was supposed to do something. And God mm-hmm. gave me my purpose, man. Hmm. Yeah. I wanted to die. Sure. I wanted to die because my codependency and love addiction and I didn't, my love addiction and codependency didn't end there. Right. God just gave me simply grace and it was a beautiful thing. And now today I have seven houses. Sure. We've helped, I don't know how many women, nine years later, we've got a community built. I mean, there's so many things happening because of that moment of absolute desperation. When I said, awesome. I can't do it. It goes back to the, tw- I mean, it's, yeah. I can't, he can't. And I think I'll let him, man. Yeah. And then I'm going to do all the work to clear it out so that he can do it. And then I give it back to other people. And that's what keeps me going, right? And whatever pathway somebody chooses, I don't, I'm not going to Yeah, whatever. I mean, but or, yeah, it's, yeah, it's one of the awesome things. I mean, you know, one of the awesome things about uh, about God in my life is that that's, that's his specialty, man, is taking, taking that broken moment, taking the broken and 
building out of that something unbelievable. Yeah. You know? So it's like if you're in that moment where you're just totally broken. um, Don't give up. Yeah. You're right where you're supposed to be. Yes, man. And it's the hardest, (laughs) especially the longer you stay sober, the harder it is because you think that you're the shame and guilt around what people are going to think. Right. And what are people going to do? What are people going to say? Well, and that goes for you, like you were saying, like how you still were living for other people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I still. Yeah. I I, I mean, and I'll get to that place of like, so I opened Simply Grace. You know, a lot of things happened in between then. I, then I had my daughter, Zoe. Um, I was, and I dated professional athletes. That was my stick. That was something, you know, I had two relationships with professional, different ones. And you know, looking back, I thought, or at the time, I thought I was just cool. Like, you know, I just attracted professional athletes. <laughs> when you go much deeper, it was way bigger than that. Right. It was, I needed you to validate who I was. Yeah. Right. If you weren't somebody, then I wasn't somebody. Yeah, And sure. if, if you, like, I'm nobody. So even though I had all this stuff going for me, I still wasn't anybody. I had no worth. Uh-huh. So I had to do for you and I had to be, or you had to be in order for us to be something. Right. Right. I got you. Yeah. So I, you know, I went through that whole thing. I had my daughter. I love my daughter in that time. It was really hard because my love addict, because so if you know anything about love addiction, when you're a love addict, you date love avoidance, right? Mm-hmm. So as soon as you date the love avoidant, or as soon as your love addiction kicks in, the love avoidant is like, I sense that coming on. And right. so break, break that down. I, I want to so know what you're saying. So love addiction for a love addict, we, I, I attach who I am to who, to you and how you're acting. Right. Okay. So if you're loving on me and you're giving me attention and you're texting me all day and loving on me all day, mm-hmm. I feel okay. I'm, con- I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. I, have, I just had a hit of dope. Right. All right. Right. All right. The minute you don't, and I don't get that text or I don't get that, that hit of dope. I'm like, wait, what's going on? And I uh-huh. start reaching for you. Okay. And when you feel that, you start feeling suffocated. Okay. Like, oh, God. And so you almost, as the love addict, you create that person moving away. Well, what I take it as is you're rejecting me, mm-hmm. right? I didn't know any of this at the time. Hmm, right. All I knew Well, is I'm just I'm learning like, it now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like hanging on for dear life to this person. And they're like, get away. Like, yeah, right. Like, like calm do down. Do <laughs> yeah. But it's my breath. It's how I, I was a puppet on a string. And if you were happy, I was happy. The smile Mm -hmm. on the puppet went up. If you were sad, I was like, I was attached to you. Right. Right. Um, Fast forward a little bit. I started dating and this is my, my, this is what changed my world. I started dating this. I'm now mind you, I am 22 years sober at the time. Mm -hmm. I have this nonprofit of women empowerment. Mm-hmm. And I empower women to fulfill their purpose. Sure. And that I am, woo, everybody, yeah. I am on high right. cloud. Mm-hmm. Well, still haven't, I've done the step work. I've done a lot of work on myself. I've stayed sober. I've maintained. This cute guy walks in to hear me speak at a meeting, and he's got three months sober. He's 15 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. He thinks I'm super hot. I'm like, okay. I fight him <laughs> off. I fight him off for a little bit because I, I have... God has given me a very strong conscience. Yeah, sure. And he'll talk to it, and he'll make me, my stomach is nauseous. I'm like, (laughs) uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, don't do it, Anika. Don't do it. Do not do this. Yeah. But But the more that I ignore it. But he is 15 years younger than me, and he is hot. He's super hot, right? (laughs) Right. So in the moment, I'm I'm ignoring, I start ignoring that voice, that Uh that inner 
Because it's my values, your right? Mor- yeah, your moral compass. And so what start, I learned is... It goes back into the purse. Well, what happens <laughs> is, for me, this is how yeah. I describe it, because uh-huh. this is my truth, sure. is that it's God. God is in me. My values are in me. It's all in there. He's speaking to me through my gut. He is mm-hmm. telling me, stay away. Do mm-hmm. not do this. Regardless of if he's got 50... Like, those are circumstances, but God sees way past what I'm actually about. He knows what I'm about to step into, and he's mm-hmm. like... Stop warning signs, red flags, whatever you want to call it. And the more that I ignore it, the quieter it gets. Mm -hmm. So I no longer have that sick feeling. I no longer feel, I'm just like, well, I can do this, right? Mm -hmm. So I jump in head first. He relapses. Start Mm -hmm. shooting up heroin again. Mm -hmm. For the next year and a half. So what I do, this is my pattern. So he starts shooting heroin. My sponsor, I start lying to her. Fantasize, I, I fantasize and I make, I'm delusional. The delusion has to be smashed, right? Well, I'm delusional. He's good. He's great. He's amazing. Telling everybody all this stuff. And I believe this with all my heart. And he's shooting up heroin in the bathroom with my kids. You know, my kids are at mm. home. He's shooting up heroin. I'm taking him to treatment center after treatment center. And because of the integrity that I have and because of your position, program, yeah. my position, yeah. I'm uh-huh. getting him in free places. I got yeah. him a job. I got him connected with someone who got him a car uh-huh. because still I need to do something for you to feel validated because alone being Anika Cooper as yeah. her soul at, at her core is not enough. Right. So I have to do for you. Sure. Even if you're 15 years younger than me, even if you have three months sober and are using heroin, I need that. That's how deep this stuff uh-huh. goes, right? Sure. Well, it's a good idea. All this is happening that he asked you to marry him. You say yes. <laughs> of course, Ooh. man. Don't there you say go. yes to that? I yeah, mean, hello. Yeah. I mean, so I'm like, of course I will. Yeah. So I get pregnant because, okay. of course, you get pregnant with that's, the guy who asked you to marry him. That's what and happens? Mm-hmm. I had a miscarriage. Okay. That was the first one. Devastating. I stayed with him. The second one. Now, he's cheating on me this whole time, Ooh. and Bonus. I still don't leave, right? I'm, I switch sponsors. And you're well aware of that he's I'm cheating. very aware. Yeah, okay. I switch sponsors because that sponsor is telling me truth, and I don't want to hear truth. <laughs> yeah, I don't no. want to hear you I don't anymore. need to hear your truth I need anymore. to get another yeah. sponsor. I need yeah. it. So I switch sponsors. Fresh I switch programs. Actually, I sw- went to AA. <laughs> um, but AA actually ended up changing my life, too, through mm. the big book. But anyways... Um, I had another miscarriage. I got pregnant again after that miscarriage. Had another, went to the doctor to get, we were okay. The baby was okay. Now, remember, I had an abortion mm-hmm. at sure, 17. Way back when. Right. I had yeah. to look at, and I had two, I've had three abortions total, two miscarriages, and two children. Okay. Uh-huh. And I say that because if there's any women listening to this or any men yeah. or anybody that's gone through this, there is no shame in in these things. It's about, Moving forward, right? Right. There is no shame in any of this stuff. Oh, yeah. It happens. It is what it is. Move on. Um, And so this miscarriage, though, I thought the baby was, you know, okay. I go in for the the sonogram. The baby is not alive anymore. Mm. The reason I say that, and I'm very descriptive about it, is because when I had the abortion, you're you're watching the screen, and you choose. You have to see the child, Mm. right? Well... Whenever I went in to see this this uh, this last miscarriage, I see, and they it's the same situation: right. the dark room, the dark screen, the screen is up, and they tell me the baby is not alive anymore. Mm. So this is the second one in less than uh, three months. Hmm. 
And does it bring back the whole? Uh, well, yeah, oh, that's yeah. what. Yeah. yeah, the trauma hits me like I've I and and he's out with someone else. They're posting on Facebook. They're together. It's wow. a girl that I knew in the rooms. Wow. Um, I set myself. I set the ball rolling. Sure. But I'm a victim, right? Sure. Yeah, I set this ball rolling right. a long sure. time ago. Sure. But I didn't know it at the time because I hadn't done any work around trauma. Didn't I? Didn't have tra- like trauma. What? Right. Huh? I'm on top um, of the world. Yeah. So. Everybody knew, though, that I was dating him. That's what I uh, need to be clear. No, this was not hidden at all. Everyone right. knew that he was relapsing. I never hid it from anyone, mm-hmm. which is why I'm still here today right. to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, after that miscarriage, I drove to the gas station to get my son a Dr. Pepper because my son loves Dr. Pepper. <laughs> hey, it runs in the family, Runs in right? the family. <laughs> and I walked past. I was in so much pain. He wasn't avail- He wasn't anywhere around. He actually he called and I'm bawling and he's like, "Can you help my mom?" Because his mom. So it was a really bad situation. <laughs> and I remember walking into that gas station and there's moments in in life where you just remember, right? Because you know it's it's a pivotal time in your life. Mm-hmm. There was a wall of alcohol, and I said, and this was the moment for me. He's like, "Do you go back?" Yeah. Because it hurts so bad. Sure. Do you go back to that? Yeah. And I remember the only, all my spiritual work, all my 12 steps, all my praying and fat, like all of these things, the only three words that could come out at that moment were God help me. Mm-hmm. Right. That's it. That's all I had. Mm-hmm. I had nothing else, you guys. Yeah. And so I remember, um, I, I leaned on that thing and I said, God help me. And I had my six-year-old with me, or she was four, three, four mm-hmm. at the time. And next thing I know, I'm, I, um, People pretty much intervened and took me to the bridge to recovery in tennis in uh, in um, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. It was completely um, a blessing. I stayed there for four weeks, worked on all my trauma, worked on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but you did not use it that time. I did not no. use it just God, that little no. prayer. No. Yeah. God yeah. help me was all I had. So all mm-hmm. these big words, all these fancy yeah. everything, all this, all this stuff. All this huge at thought that moment, process. And yeah. At that moment, that's all I had. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's only three words that could come to me. Yeah. It's like, you know, but uh, all the work that you had done prior, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's all it's all putting a little bit in the spiritual bank. Yes. So, you know, there's there's it, it talks about it in the big book, but it, there's a time where it's going to come a time. Steps are great. Sponsors are great. Meetings are great. Knowing people, picking up the phone, all that stuff is important and great. But there's going to come a time where it's just you and God in that room. That's mm-hmm. it. And I hope your God's big enough at that moment. You right. know what I mean? And yours was because you had done well, that they, work leading they, up to they it. They call that insurance. And you, you know, had, but yeah. you know, yeah, uh, it's just um, you know, leading up to it. So all that work, you know, got you ready for that moment. But it's it's just a cool story. I just love the way this stuff kind of works. You know what yeah. I mean? Like listening to it. But yeah, there's go ahead, like, yeah. definitely something else. Yeah, a big, <laughs> little bigger than me. Yeah. And it, and and so at that moment, I go in. I'm there, and I remember there was a meditation that happened while I was in there. Um, you couldn't have your phone. You couldn't have magazines. You couldn't talk to people. You couldn't do anything. So they they took they stripped me of everything that I used right mm-hmm. to change the way that I felt <laughs> even sober right um, they stripped me of all that and um, I learned a lot about myself I learned a lot about my trauma I dealt with a lot of stuff and it changed my life um, I had to say goodbye letter I had to write goodbye letters to all of my abortions all of my the children that didn't make it like I had to do all of these things right mm-hmm. but also they I had to do a first step on my love addiction and my codependency. Sure. And it was a 22-page 
uh, first step. And it went all the way back to being a child and the attention that I used to seek. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just at the core. I did not know who I was. And I used this to be somebody, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense, and mm-hmm. to get attention and to do all of that. And so I learned all of that in there. Um, and I needed, this is the thing. I was working the steps. I was doing all these things. But I was an agnostic in the area of my relationships. I did not believe <laughs> that God could take me from this point. Right. He could not help me in that area of my God, life. Yeah. yeah, God's out on this area, but that's, he's, uh, he's okay over on this Well, that's side, the whole thing. It's like not the whole full spectrum. Yeah, that's the whole yeah. thing. That's the joke or whatever in recovery, but it's so true. It's like, I'll give it all to you. I'll give it all up. But uh, money and relationships, yeah, you know, I'll, I'm in charge of those. I've got, I've those got I have that. to. Well, just think about it. I have to be in charge. Yeah. And how is God going to make me money? How yeah. is God going to get me a girlfriend? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know. So yeah, or whatever. So it's been quite a um, like journey after that. Like I learned a lot of stuff about myself there, and I got out, and um, you know, it's been. It was funny because the minute I got out, and you know, people knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And of course the judgment was there. Of course there was like, what does she do? Like what's going on with Anika? But what happens is when God is in the mix of something, I came out and we did our grace, the runway, which is our other huge uh, fundraiser that we do every year. And it's women in our program model. And it's a big event. Okay. So when I came out, I had to plan for this event and People saw me stand there and uh-huh. had been in, had shamed myself or pretty much embarrassed myself in front of the whole industry. Uh-huh. But I was able to go walk into that event with all of my peers that knew what had happened in my life and stand with my head held high and knew everyone knew that I had gone to get help, knew mm-hmm. that I went to go do what I need to do. So that let whether it was one person or a thousand, it let other women know that maybe had sobriety or didn't have whatever it was. That you too can like be like you know what well, I'm here, doing. Some here things. you are, like yeah. this figurehead, if you will, running this successful organization, but yet you still have problems. Yeah. Oh my God, how can that be? And you hold yourself to a higher standard as well. Yeah, and, yeah. a lot of it's self-critical. Be, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but. yeah, but I mean, it, you know, it's it's hard not to do. You know, so well, especially when your whole thing is like being. You know, being sober women. and little Miss Sunshine and, yeah, and, then and you're... A, a ray of hope for him. Hey, by the way, this uh, ray uh, has a dark cloud in front of yep. it. But I way. talk about that dark cloud yeah. all the time. Yeah, no, and I, think I don't that's want great. women yeah. to see me. A lot of whether I want to be put in the position that I'm in or not, I'm in it. Right? Yeah, sure. Because of the things that I've done in my life, because of whatever. I am in this place where people look up to me. Mm-hmm. It's still very baffling to me. It's very uncomfortable. Sure. But I'm there. And what I refuse to do is for people to look at me and think I have to be at a certain place in order to achieve this. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's, it's an absolute lie. Cause every morning you guys, I wake up and I struggle, but mm. I struggle because God knows. And I truly believe this with everything in me that if he doesn't give me this weight of the world on my shoulders in the morning, I won't go to him and give it to him. Right. I will just get up and, boop, boop, and be off in and a Nika uh, land. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I wake up, running from the fire to God every sure. morning. It right. doesn't, it, it, it hasn't gone away. Right. Um, and I don't ever want it to go away, to mm-hmm. be honest with you, because it's, it, it is a game changer for me because um, it is, it's just a game changer. So I went through that, but I, but the reason I was talking about the agnostic piece is because if I don't believe that God 
can help me in that area. And I think I can control and manage it on my own. Cause I thought I could, Yeah, I would only call him at this. I would do all yeah. this, right. If I don't think that he can manage that, then I don't need to be away from it. I don't need abstinence from it. Uh, okay, and yeah. I needed that abstinence. I need to be pulled away from that for a certain amount of time in order to get healthy, right? Mm-hmm. To get clarity, to get whatever I needed. No different than drinking. If I think I can control exactly. my drinking, then I'm going to keep drinking. Yes. I'm going to yes. keep trying to administer control over oh, it. Oh, God. So, I tried yeah. for so Oh, my God. I tried for so long. And so I, I got out, and um, because I had that time away from the situation— um, it, things, you know, were different when I got out. I went and did this event. Um, did I, was I, was I magically cured? No, but I did, I did the aftercare and I still do the aftercare that they told me to do. I believe in doing whatever I need to do in order to get better. Right. So, um, after I did that, I got into, like I said, I got into therapy, but then I went to this, they have a big AA, they used to before COVID hit, a big AA citywide, it's called citywide, where mm-hmm. all, everybody gets together and speaks. Yeah, right, yeah. I've, heard of, where I've heard of this. Yeah, it's amazing. I have amazing. not been sober in it. Once yeah. the Rona's gone, yeah. there's a lot of more fun stuff that happens. Lots yeah. of more fun stuff. <laughs> so I went to this and a gentleman was speaking and... I've known this guy forever, um, and he was talking, and I wanted what he had. I was like, I want – he was talking about his experience through the big book, and I'm like, I want a new spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. I asked this guy to walk me through the book, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd always been told women say – and I'm absolutely for that, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, But this guy walked me through the book. We did not do my sex inventory together. Mm -hmm. And I I don't say that like funnily – like he just wasn't – and I'm with that, so I went – a woman and did my sex inventory um but i went through the work again and that was a part of of who i am today and i remember looking at my character defects and him saying you will no longer because i was it was funny because even after that i started there was this 25 year old or 24 year old that was like another hot one and he was <laughs> like you are you know um I don't know why the young ones. Well, I don't know you what it is, why they like she, me. Hey, well, she uh, got a little cougar, cougar vibe, right? No, <laughs> apparently. No, no. There is no taking care of anybody. There's no. <laughs> I don't know if that's what a cougar is, but no. Uh, yeah, I don't know. No, not. Gonna I happen. thought it was just an attractive, you know, old, uh, older. Uh, who knows yeah. what it's been defined on the social media? I don't, right. Yeah. I don't partake enough to. Yeah, know. Yeah, but, but yeah, I definitely. So I remember him saying, "Like, you will no longer want to be this." No, those people will no longer not those people, but you will no longer attract this mm. certain yeah. to where they feel like they can approach you. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. And so I did that and, and things changed and I did not get into a relationship for four to five years. It's been it was it's I haven't been in a relationship in almost since I went to the bridge. OK. Um, And I thought that was healthy. Right. I mm-hmm. thought, well, that's what I don't need to get into and deal with all that madness because mm-hmm. I turn crazy when I get into a relationship. Well, it was avoiding, yeah, I was, it was avoiding fear. Yeah. and fear and getting into all that. So, um, recently I've gotten back and, you know, I still work with people. I still take people through the work. I still do all of these things. Right. Um, I've got two children that I take care of. I opened a thrift store. I opened my IOP when I got out of the bridge because mm-hmm. I saw that ne- w- there's more to this whole yeah, thing. There's a bigger, than just, yeah. Than just working, you know, the steps like sure. there need, there need, we need to let, let's help these people 
Well, and be calm also, and informed, yeah, but not dig into and, it that and, early. And it gives them an opportunity to be honest, like yeah. you have yeah. you have said that it's that's a been good point. Paramount in your recovery Absolutely. is being honest and being honest with other people about you know your situation yeah. and getting it out and not internalizing. It's a, exactly. venue, it's a venue to do it in. Yeah, for yeah. sure. If, if all you do is go to AA meetings and NA meetings, it may not even be an opportunity to bring up something like yeah. an abortion oh, or some sort so of trauma. In, so in yeah, it's very true and therapeutic model like all of it i did psychotherapy when i was at the like i've uh, all of these things right and so so i've done all of these things well then when i was ready to get into a relationship again i was like i need al-anon i need to go Hmm. through actually it happened a little differently than that i knew somebody that was in a relationship that said that al-anon changed their life so i am now on my eighth and ninth step of al-anon um and when i tell you it's a whole nother because i don't ever feel like i've arrived anywhere right well hey real quick uh al-anon for the folks oh uh i mean it's it's essentially family groups it's so the idea is alcoholism is a family disease there are Mm -hmm. people other than the alcoholic affected by it right wives husbands children boyfriends girlfriends whatever Mm -hmm. um and it's a place where they can go and seek help i mean a lot of the weird emotions that come right and a lot of people don't even realize that it's out there that that you know it's a part of recovery and and understanding uh, addiction yeah it resentments trauma fear uh lack of faith questioning god these things are not exclusive to the addict and the alcoholic this stuff mm-hmm. happens to people that are around yeah that are are our addict adjacent. and it's a place where you can go and <laughs> yeah. get help but uh yeah and okay Cool. Just so, I like to break things down because yeah. we, we start going, we start throwing out these acronyms, and, and then yeah, like, we assume people like, know. That we do assume people yeah. know. Yeah. So yeah. it is. It's a family. It's for the families. Mm-hmm. But and I did it so that I could learn how to have a healthy relationship. Because even mm-hmm. though I've done all this work on myself, I don't necessarily know. I don't. I, I don't know how to have a healthy interaction with people, and that's sure. hard to say at forty-four years old. That sure. I don't know how to have a healthy relationship, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so. I've done the the work in that, but what I found through that was it goes a lot deeper for me than just getting in a relationship. There's some family stuff that I um, have completely, you know, layers come out. I believe that we are, things are revealed to us in the time that they can be revealed to us. Mm -hmm. We can't handle it. We can't cope with things at other times, right? So if I was, if all these things would have been revealed to me in the beginning or at certain times in my life, I might not have been able to handle it. Sure. So that's where my faith and my trust in God has to come in that like, he's going to reveal things to me when it's the perfect time, Mm -hmm. right? And it is the perfect time right now. And now these things are coming out and I'm, I'm seeing these things about my family dynamics and, and boundaries and like, I didn't ever had like boundaries and all this stuff. Like it just wasn't something that I was interested in finding out about. And and I'm learning about boundaries now and I'm learning about all these things. And so the thing that I, that my passion in life is to, is so that people know that they're not alone, that there's no shame in, in, in telling the truth about what they're going through, no Mm -hmm. matter what, there's so much stigma around to even people in the rooms mm-hmm. are judgmental are hateful are all of these things, which sure. is what runs same thing as religion. Right. And I can get yeah. into all this and I'm not going to, but that runs people away from, I'm definitely a we believer. Might to, we might have to go to part three for that. <laughs> yeah. well, it's it's, yeah. it's a room yeah. full of people. Yeah. People, Thank you. That's my yeah. point is like, people have you're different with characteristics humans. and sure. not all of them are positive. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, Nobody yeah. thinks yeah. like, yes, like it's, me, which is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a it's a whole it's um you know, I'm just at a place where 
now I'm, I'm um, continuing to, to look at myself and like, I'm so grateful for opportunities to, to like talk about my story and be honest about it because I want people, no matter who they are, to know that like they're not alone and that they can, you know, um, they can be, they can have things that they've done that they're not proud of and they can talk about mm-hmm. it and, and that there are people out there that are, and you can still be successful and do all these things, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You can still have, you can still have all the, cause I remember being like, how can I be so successful right. in all these areas of my life? But mm-hmm. I am a complete failure in relationships. I would always right. say the main thing that I would always say, what is wrong with me? Right. And I'm mm. the first thing that they tell you when you walk into the bridge is it's not what's wrong with you. It's what happened to you. Mm-hmm. Right. And how you, per, you, how you interpreted what happened to you. Mm-hmm. And when I went back and looked at all these things, my core beliefs were I was unlovable mm-hmm. and I was not important. Mm-hmm. And so, and those came from specific moments in my life with yeah. family sure. that I took that message and what they did as truth. And that's who I am. And I like, that was, I bought into that. And, um, I mean, you took the drugs and alcohol away from me, and you had a very codependent. Yeah, you still had a broken person that 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 wasn't. Yeah, that wasn't. In some ways, emotionally, spiritually, maybe more so. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very much so. You took my. You took my best solution. Yes. That was the best tool I had for life. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, my thing is like being careful with with our with the avenues and the, what we've been given our platforms, being careful with how we use them um, because we can give a lot of misinformation out here Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. people. And um, that's why I never, I, I don't sit on a high horse. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't like me because I don't, you know, if I forget to call them back or whatever, and you know, you can either get stuck on that or you can focus on the people that you are helping. Right. Mm -hmm. And you said something earlier about planting a seed. Like that's all we can do. But I don't tell people my path, my truth is just my truth. It's my story. Like I don't have the answers for everyone. Well, but you've given them a planter box as well. And that's (laughs) just to plant seeds, which is fantastic, but go ahead. Well, that's the only way. I know for sure to avoid giving misinformation is to stick with what has yes. happened. Like yes. if I'm only talking about what I know from experience and what has actually happened and being honest about that, then I can't be giving out misinformation because it's reality. Yes. Once I start trying to, it's your truth. Well, yeah. Once yeah. I start trying to, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Talk about (laughs) something that I just don't have experience with. Like, you know, exactly. Right. If if, if I started to try and relate to someone about trauma or uh, miscarriage and things like that, then I'm off on in left field, dude. I don't know. I'm not talking about just talking to hear myself talk. Yeah. (laughs) Into this goes into, into me being at simply grace and what Mm I, what our focus is at simply grace. Mm -hmm. Right. Our focus is twelve steps. You want to throw up the uh, Simply Grace logo yeah, with, the, uh, with the with uh, the contact info as well. I want to put that up there. Hey, real quick, I just got to drop in Summer Sky. Yeah, great place to go. Yeah, well, so our <laughs> sponsor. Thank you so much yeah. for sponsoring uh, Summer Sky, and uh, uh, we're partial to it since yeah. uh, we met there, and yeah. we're just there about uh, almost nine months ago. Yeah, um, but Summer Sky in Stephenville, Texas, treatment center, inpatient treatment center. Yeah, www.summerskye.us. Uh, I can't remember the phone number right now, but it's on the website. Yeah. And uh, if you need help, give them a call. For sure. And then if you're a female and you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, or yeah. actually Kaufman, I'm looking at this. You have one. You have a location in Plano, Richardson, Dallas, Kaufman, and Fort Worth. Correct? 
Yes, I have all those. Sorry. <laughs> yes. No, you're good. No. The, Sorry, I got. I thought y'all were talking. About no, it's so sober, sober living. Um, simply great. It's sober living, yes. and essentially, the the for those that don't know, um, the idea is uh, not you're not magically cured after a seven day detox right. or a thirty day inpatient. Um, there might be some more work that you need to do. And uh, sober living is a great place to do that. You get to be surrounded by people that are also in recovery, trying to do the same thing that you're doing that can relate to you on that level. It's a safe place to be and work on some of that stuff. Right. And um, like you talked about uh, last week, (laughs) high high accountability, low cost is what you're shooting for. Yeah. Right. Uh, Accountability being important because... I don't know about you guys, but I can be a liar. I'm well, and they hate it. They hate the structure, but it, they they need they yeah the they routine. Hate it, but they love it. The routine like, and the structure is important. Yeah. I'm undisciplined, especially in early sobriety, and it, and it helps. Me. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've definitely definitely run into some people that think that once oh, 30 days, man, I'm good. Yeah, and then if only yeah, and then they turned out being a little uh, recidivism, yeah, a little uh, bit, a little bit, a little bit of. 90 dayers instead of, yeah. uh, you know, or are you talking about me specifically? No, 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 you no, are, no, you no. should be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I've, I've definitely had that mentality before Yeah, and landed back in treatment not too uh, long after. Well, so, okay. So they can call and y'all can advise and y'all are financially helpful, but in order to fund all of this, cause obviously it's not getting funded by just, um, you opening the doors. Mm-hmm. So you do events um, which is Recovery's Got Talent is mm-hmm. one of them. And then you also have another event. What was that called? Grace the Runway. We okay. haven't scheduled that because of COVID this uh-huh. year. Um, Hoping it goes away so you can get a better. I was actually going to ask. So you said sold out for Recovery's Got Talent. But at, it, now that the mask mandate and the 100% occupancy. They're not letting it up. Not letting yeah. it up? Okay. I, was I, just I, 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 I hit her up about that. I was like, yeah. dude, we can have the exclusive for the show. And go, oh, yeah, go to here. And just thought I wish. Yeah, yeah right. cause we have we have about 100 more people that are trying to get to go. Yeah. And we, yeah. we just don't. We sold out too quick. It's going to uh, be a I good show. And I knew it was going to sell out. Um, Any show that sells out is going to be a good show. Well, people yeah. are ready to get back out, man. And, ready. and we've got our boy. We've got a horse in the race. Yeah. Ty. Ty Jackson. Yep. Yeah. So, so he's it's uh, super exciting. Yeah, and then uh, well, I, I've got a conflict of interest because my friend Don Michelle Gardner Uh-oh. is also in. Uh, you got there. multiple, and she's a race. singer. So, and that's and that's yeah. um, March nineteenth. Was that it correct? It is March nineteenth. So okay. they can go to the um, Recovery's Got Talent season three Facebook page. Um, to watch it live, uh-huh. and we'll see how that works out. <laughs> we'll we'll see how how the quality is. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but, uh, just yeah, just make sure somebody that's uh, savvy is running the soundboard, yeah. and hopefully it doesn't uh, <laughs> it t- doesn't uh, compress too bad. Yeah, <laughs> whatever that means. Yeah, it sounds like sounds like booty. Sounds like DJ talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you know, um, I, I guess you know. Thanks um, for uh, for coming and sharing your story with not just us, but with every, everybody who's listening. Um, I mean, I just love uh, recovery. I like being able to uh, enjoy something like this, you know, share it. It's better than anything that's on Netflix. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Seriously. And, um, you know, that connection that happens when we're when you're telling your story and I'm like, oh, yeah, that reminds me of, you know, I'm hearing my story. Mm-hmm. And uh, anybody that was listening that heard a little bit of their own story in there, 
um, you know, that connection that happens. That's, I totally, that's what it's all about. I totally, you know, got down with the purple drink and the mini thins. Yeah, the, yeah. the no-dos, that was funny. <laughs> that was funny. Hey, but so, real quick, uh, anybody, because I'm looking at your esteemed board mm-hmm. here, uh, anybody you want to shout out to that helps you out on a daily basis um, besides well, God? Yeah. yeah. So, my whole board, I mean, um, I'm not going to, I probably won't say their names just because it's kind of, it, I mean, it's on you, there, but yeah. Um, my staff, my staff is what keeps Simply Grace going, mm-hmm. yeah, you sure. know, um, because the most important, th- I mean, obviously we have to have money to keep it going, but the importance of who works with the women is my number one thing and who mm-hmm. is with them day to day. Right. If they show that they care and it's really like, I was ta- thinking about it this morning and like, we pray for these women. We like, we, ha- when they come in, we pray with them. We like, we surround each and every woman and there's almost 60 women. And we wow. know what's going on in each one of their lives. Mm-hmm. And we know we're on top of all of it. And we have a, uh, you know, we have meetings to talk about. And if they, cause they're coming in and we know that they're going to go this direction. Cause that's the mm-hmm. direction they've always, it's just like a natural progression. They do well. And then they're like, Oh, you know, and so our, our job is to put them back online sure. so that they can keep going straight. Right. Whatever that right. looks like. And what I wanted to say before I get off the whole point I had about when you were talking about, um, you know, not getting into somebody else's lane and not. Yeah, yeah. So my whole thing was with Simply Grace, I've been asked to do MAT. I've been asked to do mm. men's houses. I've been asked to do eating disorder houses. I've been asked to do all these different pathway houses mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. That is not my story. Yeah, I right. can't help people in that sure. area. Yeah. Right. So if that like there's a need for all of it. Right. But mm. if I start getting into that, I'm going to harm someone because I don't know what it looks like. I might be judgmental around it. I might. Right. So if I get into that, I might harm someone. So I stay in my lane. Sure. I know what works for me and what God has called me to do. And that's where I stick with. Right. When I see all like. It's harming people. Right. So just yeah. stick with what I know. And that's what I stick with. And so I that's, I needed to say that when you were and then we got off track. But no, that's it's, it's that's very on. important for me. Yeah, that I maybe stick with what maybe I know. Uh, maybe Dusty and I will open up yeah. a, a, a bro. Uh, <laughs> a yeah, bro it's thing, it's man. dead on. It's not I have it's a not a, uh, with me. It's not a prejudiced or anything yeah, about no. what whatever no else it's is just i know what works for me, yeah, what works I, for yeah. me. whatever saves your yes. ass yes. and gets you out of that shithole that yeah. is addiction i i remember exactly what it's like to be yeah in the in that prison so yeah. whatever gets you out of that prison man Do run it. with it um i just know what got me out yeah and i also know about certain things i tried that didn't so, I mean, that's all I got to share. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's just and it's and it's for that reason. It's just because if I'm talking about something else, I'm just guessing. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I don't guessing. Know. I'm guessing. Yeah, no, I no, hope no, it's no. good, you know. Well, but I mean, that, that's the whole thing. And I know like, it's worked for some people. I've seen absolutely, it work. Absolutely, and I love it. You know, that's all that's I know. Why, that's why I have uh, the professor over here because yeah. he has a little more life experience with, uh, <laughs> with, with, with a, different with ideas very, out there. Well, no, but yeah. I was going to say with various substances. Oh, yeah, that too, I guess. More the, oh, yes. That, <laughs> that too, indeed. <laughs> but uh, I dabbled here and there. Yeah, so um, I think uh, I think that's a good place to stop it. Are we at about an hour here? Yeah, I, I think we're so. close. Close, close, close enough. enough. What? 50 minutes? Yeah. Oh. Well, uh, do you want to do a puppet show or anything? No, or, well, uh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you that story you wanted oh, to Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I Why wanted not? to hear the uh, wrap-up of the, um, the story you started last week. Yeah, homeless. sure. That uh, that was prompted by cars dying from. First and foremost, um, shout out uh, <laughs> thoughts and prayers to all the cars that have passed away from alcoholism and addiction yeah. out there. 
um, it's a serious deal. And they, <laughs> right. they, they sometimes get the uh, uh, short end of the stick. Uh, but no, I, I had this, uh, we, I touched on it briefly last week, but I had this car. Well, so I moved down to Austin. I didn't have anything, you know, I was, I was riding a bike. I got a job and was riding a bike to this job and saved up enough money to what buy was the a job. It was a Smoothie King. There you go. I was dude, working a Smoothie King off, okay. of, uh, like off of Guadalupe in Austin. And then another one off a uh, breaker. But mm-hmm. anyways, I um, uh, saved up enough money to get a crappy little car. And uh, I bought this car. The day before, I was going to buy this car off a friend of mine. Some random person tried to steal the stereo out of it mm-hmm. in the uh, parking lot of the apartment complex. And um, she saw them while they were trying to do it and like was like, hey, get out of my car. So they ran off before mm-hmm. they were able to take it with them. So... It had a stereo that was just like hanging by wires, and some of them had been cut, and that shorted out the battery. And then it also had a window that was busted out because that's how he <laughs> got into the car. And uh, because I don't care about anything except heroin and cocaine at this moment, and I don't. Smoothie King. I, I don't spend the Smoothie King is a means to heroin and cocaine. <laughs> yeah, I don't right. care about it either. But um, so I don't uh, fix the <laughs> the stereo. I don't fix the window. Of course. And I still buy the car because I'm tired of riding a bike to work. Um, <laughs> so I had to get a jump every time I would uh, start the car. I would leave it running sometimes for an entire shift just because I <laughs> because I knew I didn't want to have to get a jump afterwards. But anyways, um, I uh, the didn't fix the window and it got rained into this car and smelled like mildew and was terrible. I mean, it was just a nightmare of a car. If I had gotten pulled over at any point in that car, before he'd even gotten license and registration out of his mouth, he would have just been like, yeah, this is not, <laughs> I'm not taking you in. Oh, yeah, I never had a license. I was driving on suspended license all the time. Good job. So every time I did get pulled over, I did go to jail. Um, <laughs> but Can you just leave my car running, though? <laughs> but, yeah, I lived out of that poor car at one point. I burned some bridges, which is something I do when I'm in my addiction. And uh-huh. I was living out of this car. I, I had the last bridge I had was this girl, and I stole some of her credit cards mm. and whatnot. And she kicked me out. And um, rather than, uh, you know, continue to live in that Mazda protege, um, I don't remember what, I think it was a 92 Mazda protege or something mm-hmm. awesome. Um, I just left it in this. I, I don't know. I just had one of those moments where I was like, you know, I can't do this anymore. Walk off into the sunset. Yeah, I left it in uh, the parking lot of this uh, apartment complex with all my clothes in it and everything that I had except my wallet and I guess what I had on my back. And I started walking from uh, Run. If anyone's familiar with Austin, yeah, Runberg and Thirty Five, uh-huh. and uh, walked from there all the way down to uh, William Cannon. And 35. I don't know how far that is. Drug dealer. It's, I don't know. uh, It's far. It's far enough. It's far enough. It's far enough. It's probably 10 miles or something, 8, 10 miles. Um, And uh, anyways, I end up uh, trying to do the homeless thing just for a couple of days, and I just couldn't do it. I had been homeless before, uh, two previous cities before that, Mm -hmm. and I just hate it. I just hate it. And it's not so much the um, all the stuff you would think that you would hate. Um, like the not having shelter or whatever. Um, it's, what is it that you actually hated? About it's it's the um, it's the 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 ego 
defeat, you know, the pride uh, swallowing, um, the fact that you just are, you know, that that thought that it's like, we're here again. You know, I've lost again. (laughs) I have I have uh, burned it all down yet again. Uh. And um, anyways, so to avoid homelessness, I ended up uh, turning myself into jail because I had many. Um, they, they, the bounty, <laughs> bail bondsmen were the, the people were looking for you. I like to, the, the, I like to say bounty hunters were looking for uh, me because right. it sounds cool. Yeah, dude, they were after me. Just bail bondsmen yeah, were right. calling people trying to track me. <laughs> they down. were calling my mom, but it, it's technically <laughs> true. You know, it's one of those exaggerations. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. Technically true to say bounty hunters, well, but dude, we will have to carry on your therapy. No, I mean that's uh, pretty much it. Next episode. <laughs> that's pretty much it. I just turned myself into jail to, to you know, to <laughs> not be homeless. Okay. And that's a pretty common thing, you know. I mean, there you talked about it last week. How you know we're introducing people to recovery because they just don't know, dude. There are places in oh, you can get sober in jail. There are places yeah. in this city <laughs> where the disease of addiction is winning. Yeah, is oh. winning, yeah. and they there there's no even concept yeah. of recovery in these places. Yep, it's just a matter of you know this is just the way it is, and um. Yeah, you know, getting the idea of recovery into yeah. um, into people's brains and letting that continue to take root Germany. wherever it can go is is just so important um, because this thing is everywhere, man. This thing is everywhere. For sure. We're all talking about the coronavirus pandemic, you know. Right. Alcoholism and addiction has been tearing oh, apart yeah. families and lives for a long time. Uh, yeah, since uh, it's invention. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Possibly. So, yeah. <laughs> well, um, so anyway, I want to take the time. Thanks for, you know, I know we went over a little over schedule, but thank you for sticking it out with us. Yeah, thanks. And uh, anything we can plug for you, let us know okay. in the future. And yeah. I'd be happy to... Uh, you know, throw it up on the board here and uh, get the word out and help you get the word out for that. And then uh, Nolan will carry on your session. Yeah, please. Next, <laughs> next I've week. got some dreams and poems I wrote. I want to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and songs. And yeah, isn't that the best? Bring you a little. I wrote That's a poem. Amazing. Let me read it. Real quick. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, once again, if uh, if you are a woman and you are in need, reach out to Simply Grace if you're in the uh, DFW area. Yep. Um, and that is simplygrace.org. Simplygracehouse.org. Yes. Right? Yes, Correct. Simply okay. Thank you. And, um, yeah, so they'll definitely help you out and guide you and and uh, get you on the path to where you need to be. Yeah. I yes. mean, honestly. Hopefully. Hopefully. But, um, anyway, if you want to go ahead and play us out, Maestro. There, oh, there. Thanks for, yeah, thanks, thanks for, for tuning in. Uh, yeah, and uh, remember, guys, um, there is no magic pill for sobriety because if there was, we would all take too many. All right. Amen. Let's hop back in the time machine and get back to last week. Yeah. Here, I just did it. I love it. <laughs> Sweet.